Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right. Hey, it's the Fraser. Oh, we missed Marty podcast. I almost forgot the theme of our show. I'm Chris, and as always, I got Laura. Hey, Laura, how you doing? Good, good. Good to see you. Yeah, I almost changed the name of the podcast because I forgot it. But and so we miss Marty. We miss old uh, John Mahoney. Um, and today we're talking uh, season one, episode four. Man, we are churning through Fraser. By the week, it's all good. Um, I gotta say, to start out this, um, you know, Frasier, you know, came out in the nineties. Obviously, we didn't have the web back then. We didn't have SEO like we did today. What a bold choice for a show title! I hate Frasier Crane. It was the fourth episode in the series. Yeah. Can you imagine if Twitter was live and everybody be tweeting about I hate Frasier Crane? That probably wouldn't be a good for a new show out there. So. <laughs> Kind of a bold choice, but I understood you can get away with it because the nineties was a different time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I mean, it plays off the show, but oh yeah, yeah, it, uh, it, it's interesting. Like, I to be honest with you, like people in in that time probably had no idea it was called that. It's like back in the day, you know, I'm not sure we had episode names. Yeah, yeah. Well, I kind of wonder about that too because even thinking about the stuff we like now, I mean, hey, we pay more attention to the episode names because we're doing a podcast episode by episode. But I'm wondering how many episode names do we really know right now? Like, you know, the stuff we watch, like Shit's Creek, stuff like that. I mean, I I know none from Shit's Creek. Yeah, oh, yeah. I've probably watched Shit's Creek all the way through probably 10 times. You know, just because I had it on while I was working for weeks. Yeah. But 20 years from now, when we do that podcast, well, I'm not sure we'll both be around in 20 years, but <laughs> I'm probably gone. But in 20 years, 20, we're going to know the show titles, right? 20 years from now, who knows what our you know TV and viewing <laughs> ability will be and how we'll be doing it. Or, or maybe, hopefully we'll still be around, but if I die early and you die early, Maybe we could do it in the afterlife. So <laughs> get ready for it. Shit's Creek in the afterlife. Somebody's broadcasting TV like off the, off the uh, sky. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's possible too. And, and and you think about it, you know, this whole idea of watching completely seasons on streaming was unheard of back in the 90s. I'm wonderful to access to everything, even down here on Earth, you know, 20 years from now. It'll be interesting to see what technology does with that. So. Yeah, maybe they'll uh, have to fly in cars by then. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? Cars years ago, and I'm still not happy about 
Well, yeah, definitely. Well, well, let's talk about I Hate Fraser Crane. And you might say, wow, what a bold name for a show. Well, um, you know, Derek Mann. And, man, we're newspaper people, Laura. So this is right up our alley. He's a newspaper columnist who starts writing about Fraser Crane. And, you know, he talks about how he doesn't like him. He doesn't like his style and everything. And that could, gets Fraser all rankled. And it's interesting. I've been on both sides of the shoe when it comes to a journalist and being a public relations person helping people and you know i could tell you as a journalist and as a former pr person brazier did not handle it right you know and he actually said it early hey i'm a public person you know you're going to get some criticism but quickly uh Frazier did not react too well to all the criticism he got no no he did not and honestly it was probably because of the wording you know the name of the title you know it's you know, we, um, you, you'll remember this, Chris, mm-hmm. we, um, in, in our previous job where we worked together, we, uh, the paper got in, got some hot water, um, when we ran, um, uh, when they, when the government released the photos of the, um, 9-11 oh, yeah. um, and, you know, at, at the time, you know, in the early 2000s like that, it was like the big show on TV was America's Most Wanted. And, you know, everybody talked, that phrase was like pretty common. So our headline that we made was America's Most Hated. And we took a lot of heat for that because people were like, we don't treat, we don't teach hate. You know, why would you talk about hate, you know? Because at the time, like even immediately right after it happened, you know, the, you know, people were going after uh, people of like the Middle Eastern, um, like people who had come to America from, you know, Middle Eastern countries and they were being targeted and, you know, saying hatred would, you know, make that more intense for a lot of people. So, and to be honest with you, Before that, I you know it's gonna sound stupid, but I never really thought about the word hate like that. You know what I mean? Right. To me, it was a um, to me it was you know just a just an emotion. You know, but now it's associated with such different things, and people think about it in a different way. And you know, so I can you can sort of I can understand his his you know reaction to it. You know. Well, and you got to think too, and you're exactly right with hate. And I I think we learned a lot of lessons when it comes to describing different races. You know, we're here in 2021 as it's being recorded. Obviously, that was, oh man, blanking 2001, right? You know, when when that happened. Um, I got to tell you though. Oh, yeah, we're looking at the 20th anniversary of that this year. Whoa, it just hit me. Um, Yeah, jeez. This is how old we're getting, Laura. I remember 20 years ago, and I wasn't a rookie at the News Herald. I was there for a couple years. I I, I think I was the weekend guy at that time, maybe, if I remember right, or maybe it came afterwards. But what I'm saying is I was at the News Herald for a while, and we're talking about it a couple months. That was something that happened 20 years ago. Jeez, I am getting old. That's my takeaways, but let's get back to Frazier. Sorry about that. But um, you know, but to your point, 
I, I think it's interesting because even though we did learn lessons about should we hate other people, at least in that case, these were guys that were hijackers. Now, you know, even from a Christian viewpoint, you know, you, you got to be careful on who you say you hate. But at least these were people that did bad things. You know what I mean? Where, yeah, you can make the argument saying, well, it's hate too strong of a word, but they did bad stuff. You know, Fraser Crane, other than being a guy that not everybody loved on the radio, you know, definitely was a hated figure. And I'm kind of wondering, you know, like we talked about, 2021 is a lot different than it was back in the, you know, when Fraser came out. I don't think we would be able to say today, I hate somebody if it was like a radio host or anybody, right? Uh, we, we definitely get in trouble for that, I would imagine. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'll like I'll be honest with you that whenever, um, whenever that emotion comes out, you know, like when I dislike somebody, if I say that phrase, I always think of that situation yeah. from our job. Yeah, you know, it's always you know, you know do I do I hate them or you know, kind of like. Um, I mean, a lot of this is, you know, it, it seems like it would be semantics, but um, like, uh, you know, the word mad and the word angry, you know, kind of yeah. more to that. I mean, when you say somebody's mad, it's, you know, it's the definition of it is that it's mentally ill, you know, and well, anger even, is an emotion of, you know, being upset. Well, you got to remember, too, and I can't remember exactly the timeline. Well, wasn't it like two or three days after the attack? Yeah. Yeah, and you got to think, too. I mean, I remember, and, um, you know, man, I, I was sitting by sports people who were angry. And this wasn't just, ha-ha, I'm angry because the Browns lost or something. Mm -hmm. This was, I mean, and, and we weren't angry at each other. They were just angry at the situation. I mean, just think about that night. I mean, yeah, we're trying to put a newspaper out, but. My goodness. I mean, it's something that we've never sensed or seen in our lifetime. And there was a lot of anger on that. On that. So I, I think part of it, I, I wouldn't feel as bad, Laura, because really around that time, there was a lot of uncertainty. I mean, we didn't know. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, there, there was a power plant. I'll, I'll never forget this. There was a night where we were hearing radio chatter about something flashing toward the power plant. <laughs> And I remember calling my, I mean, we thought for a second, could this be a terrorist attack? I'm, I'm calling my wife going, hey, maybe you need to hit the road and <laughs> head away from here. And yeah. I mean, and thankfully it was, that was overreaction. Thankfully nothing like that happened. But, you know, well, during that time, we were living during crazy times that, I mean, you know, obviously what we've been through in the past year of COVID has been very different. But man, there was scare back then that you know we didn't know so so it's interesting i'm glad you brought this up because it's a good comparison and contrast with the hate that you know a lot of people sensed around the time of 9-11 and you compare it to you know fraser he evoked hate and you know not everybody liked fraser you know fraser had a stigma and oratum that didn't rub off great in some people but you're right for somebody to come out and say they hate him really gets emotions and you know like we talked about earlier you know Frazier probably didn't handle that correctly but you know hey we're semi public figures since we work for a um you know journalism you know man if I, if I saw someone say I hate Chris Pugh or if you saw someone say I hate Laura, Laura Kessel I mean you know 
we'd react to that. I mean, we're human beings, I would say, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, you know, personal feelings, you know. Yeah, it's different than people said, like, Laura's is the editor of a publication. I mean, yeah, Laura would sense it, be upset if someone says, hey, I hate this publication, Laura edits. Or if someone comes to me and says, I hate the way they do the web. But, you know, they said, I hate this person. It wasn't just saying, I hate Fraser's show. It said, I hate him. You know, which yeah, I thought was interesting. Especially at first. Yeah. You know, it was just that. It was just that he hated him. There was no description. There was no, you know, reason why or anything. So, you know. A couple of things that popped from this episode I wanted to mention. Um, you, you know, Martin's been solving cases after retirement a lot. I remember there was another episode where I think they inadvertently solved the case that Martin was working on. Yeah. But on this early episode, um, you, you know, it was back and forth between Martin and Daphne. Um, you know, Martin's trying to solve this case. I liked how at the end where uh, Daphne's she's psychic, but she gets her signals crossed and she thinks that someone's coming nearby and it turned out to just be Fraser. I, th I thought it was fun just seeing them kind of collaborate together and everything. And Yeah. I, I can understand Martin. I mean, you know, it's weird. I've gotten phone calls. I left journalism for a while. I remember like five years after we're a story, getting a phone call about a story. I literally had to tell them, hey, I'm interested, but I'm not working anymore. I'm out of the business. So it, it's kind of interesting. You know, sometimes things stick with you. So I like that, you know, storyline with uh, Martin and Daphne. Yeah. Um, you know, the way... Uh you know, Frazier kind of teased him about the fact that he's like, there's just one thing missing. And he said, yes, it's the murderer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, um, the, I don't know, the, mm -hmm. you know, they just, I don't know. That would make, that would have made me go off. I think. If he would have said yeah. That. <laughs> I would have been like, oh, you, you little snot nose. Yeah, it's a funny line for a sitcom, but if it was said to us, we'd be freaked. You know, kind of ticked off. I, I can definitely get that. I, I thought, too, and this really was a storyline, which was just a throwaway thing. Um, you know, they're invited to come all have dinner together. Uh, Martin tells Daphne, you know, Daphne was great in the kitchen. Martin's like, hey, you're part of the family. And I like that because you, you started to see them bond as a family, I guess. Yeah. Um, and Yeah. And I thought it was funny. They prayed, and during the prayer, um, you know, um, yeah, Daphne, Niles is staring at Daphne. Fraser, he was upset earlier because the dog was staring at him. And I love the line where, yeah, Fraser yells, "We stop staring," and, and Niles says, "Oh, I wasn't staring," and it turned out to be the dog. Uh, there's been a lot of those lines through the series of, you know, misunderstandings and miscommunications between uh, Fraser and Niles, and. I'm shocked. And again, it's a TV show. It's a sitcom. It's meant to be funny. I can't believe Daphne never figured it out before because it was, what, season seven or eight when yeah. she finally figured it out. And yeah. it's just amazing how how they even wrote it in the script that Daphne never caught on. You know, to, yeah. to, to Niles liking it. Well, it's kind of like Superman with the glasses, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the thing that made me really laugh in this um, but, you know, you mentioned the thing about Martin saying to you here because you're part of the family. Mm -hmm. And 
Niles is so much so hooked on Daphne that he doesn't even think about that as a possible solution to his problem. Yeah. He just says, oh, I'll join you in the kitchen. Yes. yes. He just wants to be with her, so he's like, I'll just go where she is, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you that way. Um, and, and can you imagine a lot of that to happen? You know, like, you know, yeah. Niles and Daphne eat in the kitchen while Frazier and his dad eat in the, in the table. Kind of, kind of fun. I liked. I think you mentioned this yesterday, or last week, when we were previewing this week's show, in the radio station. You know, uh, Fraser at the end of the show starts going off about the column, how he's upset at Derek Mann, and then um, yeah, they had some calls come in, and there's Stewart who's upset with uh, delayed gratification, and and you know, uh, Fraser kicks him off the air, and, yeah. and I, I like that. It was just kind of a. A lot of humor written like that during the episode, which is yeah. smart and funny. I enjoyed that. A lot of bodies in my way today. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, one other thing, I mean, getting to the heart of this episode, um, but uh, that first scene where they're eating together, mm-hmm. Niles was like the perfect pesky little brother where he had the article and he gave it to Fraser. You know, it was all folded up yeah perfectly to find so he could find the article and he had it all um, highlighted and um, and he said you know it's continued on page 12 you know <laughs> I mean he's like he's the perfect pesky little brother who's a pain in the rump you know <laughs> well and I joined too because he shared another column later with Fraser yeah. and Fraser finally line saying Boy, you keep delivering in the paper. Why don't you get a paper route or something? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say something controversial here. Oh. I was not thrilled with Marty in this episode. Okay. Why is that? Um, I I did not like the way he went after Frazier about backing out of the fight with Derek Mann. Um, I, I thought um, as a police officer that he, that maybe he would have you know, encouraged him to be to solve his problems in a different way than physical violence. And it seems, you know, as that conversation went on and on and on, it seemed to me like it was completely centered on the fact that he got embarrassed because the other kid, uh, what's his name? The Billy Kreisel. Yeah. Billy Kreisel, his father was a cop too. And so he got, Marty got teased because Frazier got done in his fight with him. Well, and I kind of wondered too, and... I don't know. I'm not a fighter by trade. You know, I'm I'm more of a wimp when it comes to stuff like that. But how many times, you know, I mean, as an adult, I've been ticked off at somebody and say, man, I should take a swing at him or something. But mm-hmm. that's just a crazy thought in your brain. Mm-hmm. I mean, not many adults are regularly getting in fights. I mean, it happens. I'm not saying, I'm not criticizing anybody who it's happened to, but that's not usually, it's not a common reaction, I'd say, with adults. You know what I mean? I mean, it does happen. I I, don't know. I I thought that was kind of weird too that Marty would endorse that because you don't see a lot of adults, you know, duking out. I, I guess. 
But then he sort of redeemed himself at the end when right. out he wasn't really going to let him fight. Right. Because he probably knew he would get his clock clean, you know. But can you imagine that too? Because yeah, uh, Marty does play the hero at the end because he arranges to have the police officer come to bring him and stop the fight. But man, he took a chance there. You know, what if the fight started two minutes earlier? You know what I mean? Yeah, and he sort of Marty also in in you know doing it the way that he he did it. He got his due too, you know, because he got Fraser to show up. And, you know, he said to the cop, you know, that line about the clarinets, won't play clarinets anymore. He yeah. had no clue what he was talking about. Right. He still was able to say, my kid showed up, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's it, true. I mean, I guess that's that's okay. I mean, I liked that he arranged for the cops to stop it, you know. I just, I don't know. I just, it just, it got under my skin that he was pushing so hard because he really pushed Hard, yeah, you know, I I was uncomfortable with that, you know, from him especially. Yeah. But you got you got to think too. It's it's two public figures. I mean, yeah, I mean fights happen. You know, maybe I'm overselling the, the part the fight shouldn't happen. But man, I mean, could you imagine? You know, think of it in like Canton where where we work. It'd be kind of like the editor of the Canton repository getting a fight with the radio host. <laughs> I mean, and that's. That stuff doesn't really happen. Maybe a fight of words or a fight, but we don't see fist fights happening. And I'm gonna, I, honest, I, I'm gonna be honest with you, Chris. That probably did happen. <laughs> Not oh, in Canton? Yeah, maybe in Canton. Because the paper, right? The newspaper, like directly next door. Connect. Our buildings are connected. Yeah, yeah. We used to have a tunnel between them, but it's not. It's closed off now. <laughs> But I guess what I'm saying is fights among adults happen more often. It just seems to be and I know they can't be avoidable sometimes, but I, I don't know. Maybe I live in a different world. I don't see many fights between adults, you know? Yeah. Especially pre med I, I guess if you're at a bar and everybody's drunk, stuff happens, but you, you know, like I mean, I've seen some crazy stuff in my news career. I don't think I've seen a brawl between coworkers or, I mean, I, I really haven't seen many fights at all. So yeah, you, you're right. It was weird to see Marty push for that. I, I guess that was my only point there. So, um, what else from the um, show do we, we want to talk about here? Um, I, I I think like the first couple episodes, it's kind of setting up these relationships. I, I think with that dinner, even. With Marty insisting that they all eat together, it was kind of showing how I guess like the big four in the series, yeah. they were close knit. You know, there wasn't any, and I mean, I think you started to see that in episode four. I mean, I, I thought that was one thing that kind of stuck out to me. Uh, what, what else did you? Say? Was there anything else? Because again, in episode four, we're just setting up his relationships. Anything else stuck out to you with that? Well, um, just because I this is sort of fresh for me. You know, for having gone through the series not that long ago, but you know the early parts of at least the first season, if not beyond, there was a running gag that Niles could never remember who Roz was. Yeah. You know, and this was a good this was a good moment. This might have been like honestly one of the first 
um, really comical ones, you know, where he said, I'm far too successful to worry about this. So where did we meet? And yeah. And then it came up again um, when Derek Mann wrote the second column where he talked about his dim-witted assistant or whatever. Yeah. He said, hey, that's me. And he's like, oh, now I remember you. <laughs> well, I guess, you know, I love Roz that one talk about the big four. I mean, Roz made the big five. And yeah. 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 She she picks up, I think, from, you know, from, you know, here out. Um I'm trying to think because I, when I watch these episodes, I usually don't stop it immediately before it goes into the next one. So I, this next episode, I've probably watched like um, conservatively, we'll say fifty times in the past month or so. Oh yeah. <laughs> so um, she's she has a good part in this one too, the one that's coming up. But uh, I mean, I. Um, one of the one of the parts one of the relationships that um i liked a lot was when daphne and Roz became friends mm -hmm. you know because it was like somebody you know you always there was such a focus on Roz being a woman um you know manizer or however you would say it um being so man crazy and um you know daphne would go out sometimes um the uh with, with friends and stuff like she went last up but the last episode went on and played uh, game uh, poker night um but this is i mean with Roz, it's like first real friendship they show you know for her and you know i i enjoyed that friendship yeah it was good to see how they all set them up and it was good that they started to set them up they didn't force it but they, you know, it's taken a couple episodes, which is good. They start to set up the relationships that got closer as the series went on. Um, to answer a question you brought up last time, we'll look at IMDb. Um, the voices on some of these calls, uh, Judith Ivy and J Joe Mintegna were identified as the voices. So, well, he was, he was the, he was the, what's his name, Derek Mann. Yeah. Okay. He was actually pretty good with the voice, you know, with the way he spoke and stuff. Um, he was, you know, you, you know who that guy is, right? He was yeah. he yeah. Criminal Minds. He was the new guy in Criminal Minds after Andy Patenka. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. You never saw Derek Man the episode. Lots of um, spoken parts, but you never saw him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't like that part about Judith Ivy. Sorry, Judith. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like that part. It annoyed me with the. Uh, um, yeah, she she got distracted easy. Yeah. Coming back, that was really annoying. I mean, if you if you dealt with if you were like in a real uh, radio station, there's no way they would have put up. Right, yeah. right. It was, yeah. a, it was a total show call. <laughs> yeah, you never sit down and listen, like, hey, let's wait for him to come back. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Just not weird. All right. Well, let's talk about the next episode, which yeah, memorable. I, I you know, I'm watching Hulu like you are, and 
Mm-hmm. Uh, if I don't stop it right away after episode four, I get right into episode five. So, yeah. uh, looking forward to that one. It should be a fun one. Uh, what's your it's, favorite part of this one coming up? Yeah, um, I think the conversation between uh, Marty and uh, Daphne toward the end, where she yeah. kind of like subtly gives him advice, you know. Also, yeah. also the fact that <laughs> he ties a tie, Marty ties a tie. Um, you can't tie a tie without tying it on Abby first. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just love the whole you premise, you know, with, um, you know, they have a telescope and they get all excited because they get to see the naked city. And then once, um, you know, they find somebody that's looking back at them, Fraser and uh, Daphne freak out. It, it's just a fun episode. Look forward to talking to you about that. Um, haven't seen, um, and there may have been an update on uh, no um, dramatic updates with the Fraser reboot. We'll have to kind of keep on that as time gets closer. Anything else before we take off, Laura? I don't think so. Okay. I think we're good. Very good. Well, um, Wednesdays are my podcast marathons, and it just it's one podcast after another. But, Laura, as always, thank you. And uh, we'll keep everyone updated on what's happening with Seinfeld, but Seinfeld is on Netflix yet, so we'll kind of keep it a hold for now. But hey, if we hadn't talked about another uh, show, Fraser's a show to talk about. So next week we'll be back with Here's Looking at You. Uh, as always, thanks, Laura, and uh, check out our sponsors and have a great day, everybody. Uh, thanks for checking out uh, the We Miss Marty podcast. Have a good one. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.